This episode is dedicated to Susan McQuinn, a good friend, flautist, and mother. Part 15. Sensible Solutions and Frantic Farewells As rivers begin in lofty mountains to end in shimmering seas, and as a little pink egg cracks to burst into fiery phoenix, all things that are ultimately part of a cycle have a perceived end. Sometimes the end feels finite and total. Death, destruction, loss. The slow erosion of time, but endings can make the beginnings and every trot in journey along the way all the sweeter. There, gathered around a table in the town hall of Wafwater, and bent over a large stone map of the undersea, the trio who had come so far advised the very king they had recently saved. For still, though the king was free of the sinking serpent trench and Nathaniel had his moon pearl, not all was safe in the undersea. <sighs> you have already spoken with your generals, your majesty. Yes, our soldiers and scientists alike cannot get close enough to the creeping bloom. And to try and do so, despite knowing the risks, would only put lives in danger. I cannot abide it. I agree. This is not a problem we can overcome with force. But all my advisors back in Atsidus have offered up nothing of use. It was under their guidance that we began the early evacuations which saved many lives. And I am grateful, but we still lack a long-term solution. Taking it away, chop by chop, only to store it elsewhere, simply delays an inevitable blight and pushes the problem onto others in the undersea. Even if we remove every citizen from its path, the creeping bloom is taking over our fields. Our crops cannot survive it, and by the next season we will have a food shortage. And not just here in the regions near Wharfwater, but across all the kingdom of the undersea. Eso está fuera de mi área de experiencia. Uh, oh, have you studied its physical properties? Some, but certainly not all. We know it is a kind of quickly blooming red algae. But now we need a fast solution, without the time needed for further, proper scientific inquiry. What about magical means? The moon pearls have power, but so do many other mythical items. So suddenly a king like yourself has a treasury of useful magical objects. Aye, I am fortunate to possess a great number of wondrous trinkets, many of which I have already used to help in the evacuation of my people, and many more that are still resting in my palace, deep within the creeping bloom. Sadly, nothing that remains is of any use. This is a disease on my land for which I was not prepared. And unfortunately, 
What I have available to me here and now is of no assistance in containing or eliminating this red menace. Come now, all we have to do is think. No matter how many plans don't work, we only need one good idea. My door! Oh, sorry about that. I'm still not used to being under the water. Thought I needed a bit more oomph. Seems I didn't. Comet? How do you like the suit? I originally made it for the vacuum of space, but with a bit of tweaking here and there, I've got a good way to walk around down here without those fancy water breathers. Oh, that's not why I'm here. Why we are here. Oh, uh, there's more of them. Microbrine shrimp, I presume? We are snout shrimp. I am Mini, Mini Micro, descendant of Mad Micro, descendant of Klein Micro, and apprentice to the head librarian of our Great Winthrop Library. Great Winthrop Library? <laughs> and why have you come to this hall, Mini Micro? And. I am Dr. Comet Chianina of the United Bovine Science Coalition of uh, the land. And why have you, Mini Micro, and Dr. Shianina come to this hall during our pressing meeting? We think we can help. My ancestor followed the tracks of the Great Snout, Great Builder, and Great Tutor when they left our city, and it was then that they met Dr. Chianina. Really, comment is fine. Generations ago, Dr. Chianina bid farewell to the Great Trio in a metal contraption. We knew we had much we could learn from this hooped beast, just as we had learned from the Great Sir Nathaniel himself. Well, yeah... So we got to talking, and now that I knew I was in the undersea, I wasn't so scared to talk to people. The snout shrimp started telling me all about the creeping bloom, and even took me to go see it. A long journey indeed. Uh, But we've no time for a long story. Uh, What is your idea? Right. And this is... Wait, is that? Yep, my super smoothie. But you might know it as... The Creeping Bloom. Yes, explain yourself. This smoothie is made from a rehydrated mix I brought with me from, well, the upper land. The surface? Anyway, you all call it the Creeping Bloom, a type of invasive algae. But up in the meadows, it's a delicacy called Red Ocean Flower. No, not at all. It doesn't agitate us or hurt us. And once it's dehydrated, it's a great treat for people in the meadow and lots of folks above the undersea. And you turn it into this edible slurry? Well, sure. We put it in smoothies, we add it to muffins, sprinkle it on pastas, make it into sauces. It's become quite popular in the last year and is in high demand. That is where we come in. We snout shrimp are too small to be affected by the creeping bloom, and we would like to set up an enterprise to harvest it. An enterprise to harvest it? Those little guys have just become so industrious. I'm so proud. But harvesting it to sell takes time and research. We don't have time for that either. The research has already been done. The United Bovine Science Coalition helped set up red ocean flower filters already in use in other seas. It is already in other seas? Yes, but sunlight keeps it under control. Sadly, the lights of the undersea are not suited to this task. Most of the equipment required to set up an initial large-scale filter can be retrofitted from the equipment Comet landed with in the undersea. 
Could this stop it? Could this get rid of the creeping bloom? Not at first. Initially, we can only halt its growth, but as we expand, we can reduce and control the creeping bloom. While supplying the surface world with a stream of this red ocean flower... In turn, trading it for food to sustain us until the crops can regrow. (laughs) Then let us enact this enterprise. We have no time to waste. While we dwell in wonder, we should instead try... Every moment we delay, another home is overrun, or another kelp field choked. Build this contraption. By royal decree, I ask it of you, and will lend you what aid I can. The undersea can no longer remain cut off from the world above. If Sir Nathaniel and his companions have shown us anything, it is that there is much the world above has to offer us. We'll help. We can make it work. Wonderful! The snout shrimp are already repurposing the parts from my ship. This will be a boon for us. Thank you, great snout, for guiding us to Dr. Chianina and showing us a way to prosper. But you did, Sir Nathaniel. We've only come together here because of you. You... Sir Nathaniel, sir, what's wrong? The curse... The weaponism is growing stronger. The potion! We need to put the moon pearl in the potion! A potion? No. Do not open it here. The waters of the undersea will ruin it in an instant. You need to be above the water. Take my balloon. Get in and go, and be sure to rise up slowly. You can get sick if you go too fast. Got it. I'll yeah. What about you, Comet? Don't worry about me. I'll stick around to help with the creeping bloom harvesting. And I met a really kind walrus who will show me the way to the shore. Let's go. I'll untie the bloom for you. Farewell, Madrid and Winthrop. You are the finest companions a knight or king could hope for. Now go! Get in and hold on! People of Wharfwater, cheer! Cheer for Sir Nathaniel and all he has done! His actions have saved me, and his heart has given our waters a chance. Cheer! Cheer your thanks! Great service now done, your adventure's well won. You've put hoof over hoof, though the plan's not foolproof. The path's crystal clear, we can take it from here. You earned what you sought,
must come to an end. All of our hard work has meant something great. By royal decree, you may now take your leave. This time's been all we Nathaniel, you're running out of time. There, there, I think I see the surface, the glowing rocks, the shore. Oh, that, that one's not a glowing rock, that's sunlight. That must be where Comet came down. We'll get out of here. We're reaching the surface, hold on. Get, get the potion. <sighs> here, rápido, apúrate. We're still rising. Just drop in the pearl. Moon pearl, moon pearl, here we go. Hold on. We're going in a tunnel. Don't lose the potion. We're free. Give Sir Nathaniel the potion. The sun is setting. Please, please, Sir Nathaniel, please be okay. You won't be felled. Not now. Sir, you drank the potion. The curse is over. I knew we could do it, sir. So, what's next? What? Oh, we wouldn't leave? <laughs> One adventure is never enough. Not for a bard. And certainly not for a warrior. <laughs> <laughs> Rising above the rocks and trees, soaring into the skies above, brimming with blossoming clouds, Sir Nathaniel shook off the last of a terrible nightmare. The potion lingered on his tongue, tasting of a field of lavender in the peak of summer, and in every fibre of his fur, Nathaniel knew that the curse of Romanism had passed. Finally, Within his heart, he felt at rest. Together with his companions, he watched the shimmering sun sink beneath the horizon and gazed as the full moon rose, silver and smiling, over the land. Nathaniel thought briefly of his new friends beneath the trees, rocks and waters that hid below them, of Valentine and Cecil, of Comet and the Snout Shrimp, and of the Ocean King, and Nathaniel snuffled a relaxing grunt. He was sure of their success, for each and every one of them would always try their best and help each other, like true friends and true knights. New adventures awaited. Drifting above the mountains and cities of the world, Nathaniel knew he was ready. Ready again to focus on a quest not for himself, but for the people. And he knew he wouldn't be alone, 
for Winthrop and Madrid were the most stalwart of companions and the dearest of fellows. So, thank you all, big and small, for joining us in this recounting of the adventures, deeds, and friendly might of our hero Nathaniel, the Boar Knight. The Poor Knight, written by K.A. Stats. Produced with additional sound design and accordion by Travis Fengroff. Edited with sound design and mixing by Dane Leonardson. With music by Stephen Malin, Ryan McQuinn, and Travis Fengroff. This show would not be possible without our Fool and Scholar patrons, Lamprey, and executive producers. Dennis Greenhill, A.J. Pumpkin, Carol Vengroff, and Michael Villegas. The Poor Knight stars Sam Yao, Paul Maya, David Devereaux, Juliana Gutierrez, Travis Fengroff, David Alt, Frankie Ray, and Dane Leonardson. This is a Fool and Scholar production. Thank you for listening.
to an end. This time's been all.